Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store. All right. Welcome back to the Detroit is Different podcast studios. And I'm here in effect with somebody that like... uh, Known for a long time. He's actually like <laughs> yeah. in the friend circle for real. Like, so we hang out, his crew, mm-hmm. my crew, our crew. And when I say crew, meaning like if you see me out and about around Detroit, possibly other cities or something, up. it is not far fetched to see me with Mr. Jessup. I've been doing this since 14. Mm-hmm. He came on for like a brief stint when we did something with Bridge Detroit, but now nah, this is the full Brandon Jessup story <laughs> on Detroit yeah, is this, different. This be fun today. Mr. Jessup, how you feeling? Oh man, I'm good, man. How you doing today, bro? Oh man, everything is cool. Everything so is cool, man. So yeah, yeah. um this happens to be Martin Luther King Day. Mm-hmm. You know, years mm-hmm. back we would be at like some type of event, some march, some rally. Now we podcasting and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. other soldiers out there putting in that work, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, and it's interesting too, man, like just coming in here today and just thinking about like, yeah, you know, folks always talk about technology and how how often it clashes with our community. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But, you know, but then at the same time, half the folks that we hear about, like, MLK Day is like the opening of Black History Month for me, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I, I give it about 45 days. I like it already. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So, so opening in that space, you know what I'm saying? You start hearing about this this struggle, like, like socially and for economic advancement, right? Mm-hmm. And but most of the people you hear about when you're talking about inventions are either abolitionists, right, or inventors, right? Mm-hmm. All through Black History Month, right? You the got George that right. Washington Carver stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like opening up there, you know what I'm saying? Like so much of our our existence in this in this country is about innovation and pushing, you know what I'm saying, this country to do more and be better. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's that's where we always been at, man. Like shoot, matter of fact, you talk about circles coming together. Shoot, man, we was in a church basement one day. Yeah. Oh, round one of them MLKs, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah a, a very classic. So many different mm-hmm. discussions, um, topics, and then also like it's one of those things. Like, I, I mean, I used to say it so much back in, you know, two thousand six, seven, eight, nine. Like, I'm like, yo, this is kind of like how like those days in Harlem used to be. Like, we're interacting with one another, and we definitely cross paths less because of work, family, schedules, and everything, but a strong foundation of a lot of us, like, challenging our thoughts, our, our ideas, our process. Man. Like, so much of where we're at now dealt with a lot of the seeds we planted before, even though we're still young, but we've been in the mix for a minute. No, bro, bro, Detroit Different is a full manifestation of, like, half of the stuff we was talking about. Dog. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember we was talking about, like, all the, like, the, the, the streaming, right? And, like, mm-hmm. how to how to monetize streaming and, like, like content creators and, like, how to, like, hold on, wait. Like, so much of, like, what you're doing right now, bro, is, like, no 100% full manifestation. Respect. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I always would think about, like, a lot of our conversations, even the conversations we had now, but mm-hmm. especially, like, then, like, a guy me just being in business and nonprofits and stuff like mm-hmm. that and you being in business right you know what i'm saying and dealing with so much community space and then being an artist and all of that like and now like like not only are you only just an artist bro but you own the land you own the real estate you know what i'm saying and 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 you're an advocate in your own space we was talking about what's going yeah. on at the house you know what i'm saying and, and, so and, and 
so like so people can kind of understand this and we're going to definitely get into that just mm-hmm. about you need a social circle where you can definitely be comfortable and be who you are mm-hmm. but you also need one that challenges you to to pull more from you because if you're running with a, a, a pack of people that's like not pushing you to what the next level is right, right. i feel as though i would not be able to move forward i would be good with where i'm at mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. speaking of where i'm at let's yeah, go yeah. to your your family story and i know a little bit of it but now we're about <laughs> to open up everything all right, all right what brought your people to the d well um a couple things like so so all right so for me like like it's gonna be like three families in this blend, yeah. right you got you got you got the skinners right and then you got the arnolds and then you got the jessups and then you got the tuggles okay mm-hmm. so the jessups <clears throat> And the Tuggles both, that's my my patriarchs, right? Got two dads, you know what I'm saying, with a blended family, whatever, whatever. Both of them came up here in the 60s, you know what I'm saying, to find work. So Tommy Jessup. Pre, um, pre-rebellion, post-rebellion. Pre, pre-rebellion. So, like, so Tommy Jessup came up from, um, from Tennessee, from Kentucky um, in 60, in 60. I believe. Mm, okay. And 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 John That's Tuggle. Motown. He was here with Jackie Wilson Day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, pretty early and, and um and and John Tuggle mm. came up from from Tennessee, you know what I'm saying, in sixty two and then came back in sixty six. Mm. So like so he was fired. So it's funny. So my dad told about the story about when he got fired from UAW from um Chrysler. Mm. So like, man, he was just like, Yo, I couldn't hack it, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I had a you know, I ain't really had no education like that. They threw me on the dock, hard ass job, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they and they turn the cats in and out, like they still doing now, you yeah. know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but anyway, so they've been here since then. Then my mama came up, Mary Tuggle. Um, she came up in the late '60s, so she post rebellion. So like, she came up, man. She worked a lot of odd jobs. Like she was like the waitress, worked at the like the the donut, the hostess shop, like all kinds mm-hmm. of like, just, you know, just working around. <clears throat> So anyway, so then you got the Arnolds, right? So like I'm adopted. So that's the whole blended family thing coming mm-hmm. that space. So like I'm in New Orleans. My mom, Lisa Arnold, who's still in New Orleans, she passed a couple of years ago. She um was having a second boy, you know what I'm saying, in this as in as many years. She like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My dad like slow motion and in and out, mm-hmm. whatever. So she knew Mary's sister mm-hmm. they all in New Orleans and that's that's where all my family really everybody like on my mom's house from New Orleans so anyway she was like well you know if y'all trying to help like help me with this because see you gotta think Louisiana don't really have like at the time a good like adoption and child welfare system okay mm-hmm. so you're not gonna give your child to the state of Louisiana Especially as a, a little black boy, it says don't talk yeah. it up. You stick it out in the family, whatever. Mm-hmm. So then on top of that, I'm too much premature. So it's like it's a lot going on. So a lot of support is needed. A lot, a lot going on. So Tommy and Mary was married at, at that time. And they hopped on the plane, put some money together, hopped on the plane, came down. They ended up hanging out for about a month because I had to get the birth weight before they let yeah. me leave. And then, like, you know, they skipped a lot of stuff. Like, I went to the side. It's like, it's a dip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, whatever. So, um, and that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, now I'm in Detroit, you know what I'm saying, in November uh, 1981 or whatever. And, like, you know, life begins. 
Wow. And, and 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 that's like one of those things. Like this is my homie for real. And I never knew that in the origin story. So in that connection, mm-hmm. and then hanging out in New Orleans for a month, ain't nobody mad at that. Um But then so basically your your earliest memories are all here in the D. Because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, that's Detroit for show for show. Loyal yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, soil. Yeah. Everything to Detroit, yeah, yeah. Uh what neighborhood? Schoolcraft, man. Schoolcraft refill, man. Like so group on group on Prevost. Um as far as I can remember, all my all my buddies, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. from from two and up that I know to this day still. Excuse me. Um, they all, you know what I'm saying, from that neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like so so that's that's really where it's at. Like, okay. And yeah. that's when I think schoolcraft, Greenfield, that's a little that's one of those where I guess like some kids may have went to Red, some kids may have went to Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some kids may have Possibly stretched and went all the way to Henry Ford or Cooley or something. But see, you know that's the that's the interesting part of the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. And middle class living. So you got to be really honest about a, a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So like, my dad is is not not retired, but he on medical leave from Ford. Tommy's on medical leave from Ford. He did developed arthritis in his back mm-hmm. and his wrist from painting. Mm-hmm. So, like. Most of like that times like my dad was on extra chill. So like, okay. So you remember like a minutes like in the beginning when the, you know you had the card table and all the guys came over and they was kicking it. Yeah. So like that was my house. Like a lot of the buddy, my dad's buddies from the plant kicked it at the house when they got off the off the shift. Mm-hmm. So it was always extra chill, and my dad drank extra. You know what I'm saying? So you got a lot of strain in the house. My mom, not she didn't have her degree yet. She going back to school at Holland Park Community College to get her degree in, in nursing. Wow. So, like, it's a whole lot of, like, empowerment. I'm, I become to realize now, like, being older, but, like, as a kid, you just, you just watching it just going on. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, <clears throat> so, like, you got that. And then, like, a lot of the things in the, in the early 80s, you know what I'm saying, that you're seeing. Like, so, you know, BMF is on TV now, but, like, I'm watching the crack that's pushing, you know, over there come through schoolcraft and the boys I knew on the other side so, of the block. So I do want to touch on that. Yeah. But I do want to stop for a second and say, because it's in kind of in my footprint, too. Highland Park Community College yeah. was uh, was, like, a hell of a program for so many nurses. And... One of the most beautiful campuses, even to this day, like the structure still was so sturdily built that even I want to say it's been decades since it's been occupied Mm -hmm. and it's still there. Yeah, yeah, it's pristine. But the the that place was one of the places that you just knew so many nurses and it was bustling. It, and, it, it, you know. it, it was, it was transitional. Right. And that's the sign of like the power community college. Like everybody talk about like Wayne County community college, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. but no Highland park was that deal, bro. Like, like, and you, and then, you know, it had the reputation because you knew what Highland park was before. So, you know, yeah. for me, it was just my mama going to school, but then over time you grow up a little bit, then you hear about like what the Highland park meant to black people. So like my mom was down there cause she knew what Highland park was when she got up here, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like you want to stay over there. And so, so it was like, okay, seeing a lot of that made makes sense now. So anyway, so a lot of the guys that like my dad was going that my dad worked with, and they was, you know, freebasing on the job. You know what I'm saying? They're coming yeah. home and freebasing. So, like, they slowly yeah. losing their job. Mm-hmm. Cats dying from diabetes, heart attacks. Like, mm-hmm. like one of my dad's, like, buddies was in the garage, like, done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. just, you've seen a lot of that. I'm going to school down the street at Dawson. 
So like everything's all good, you know, as far as like all of that. You got so you know, you're but, watching and, and you watch it like you're watching because I guess now I understand more of the concept of the party house because mm-hmm. the party house like. You know, we've talked about this on Detroit is different before. Mm-hmm. Like I often tell people, you know, while like snowfall are the introductory seasons because, you know, people look at it like, why would you smoke crack? But at one point in time, cocaine was the it was the party drug. That's and right. crack was like the the bargain that version the, of, of right. cocaine. That's and that's, that's right. why so many people were like, oh, it's probably like smoking weed, but nothing nah. like smoking weed. But still. At the time, as it was being introduced, that and free basing were that's what that's how people looked at it. And and, and you got to remember too, man. Like these guys ain't just guys who's working on the line. Yeah. You know, these, some of these guys, engineers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they they skill trades. So they they when they walking in there, they was getting thirty dollars an hour in the '80s. You know what I'm saying? So they was making good good money. You know, then so it's it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like so. When you got a lot of disposable money, you know, and we talk about folks who losing property, mm-hmm. homes up north, you know, it's not just like they just losing a little household and family. It's like things is really collapsing, destructing down. So, huh. and then like you also a lot of things that from the seventies, like I didn't really I understood early, like the concept of loan sharking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like how a guy can leave can leave work on Friday and not have his check Saturday morning. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That happened today. You know what I'm saying? So like, so it's it's a lot of stuff that a lot of folks just don't understand the plan. Then then you also get the other part about just like pure organizing, mm-hmm. right? And like your political values, right? Like so, '84. I'm watching Jesse Jackson at the primary. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like because my mom was a young volunteer in New Orleans with the Black Panthers. So Mary Tuggle, you know, later would be known to be Mary Tuggle because she, her and Tommy divorced, and then. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know, John got married, and then, like, now I move from the west side of Detroit to Redford, right? So Detroit Public School, all that conversation, that's a wrap. It's just don't, it don't make no sense for me to hop on a drug road to go all the way down to yeah. cast. Like, man, nobody doing all that. Okay. You asking to get your ass whooped. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. What was, uh, what was Redford like around that time? Because I know what Redford's mm-hmm. kind of like now, but around then, what was Redford like? Well, it's the same people, mm-hmm. same black people, people who, you know, working 80 hours every two weeks, whatever, you know, 100 hours every two weeks, whatever. You know, they majority of them probably work at the plant, you know, since some are retired. More more of them now are retired, but then it was a lot of them was white. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, all my neighbors was white then when I pulled up. My homie, my other homie mm-hmm. uh, was across the street. The few black folks that was over on the block, we all knew each other. We kicked it. Yeah. But it was no secret that black folks was moving into the area. That's the early 90s. So the Catholic school over there, black, itself a Detroit Catholic Central. And you notice Detroit Catholic Central ain't never been white, black. You know what I'm saying? It's always been white. Even today, it's majority white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, with all that around you, all of Redford pretty much not being, well, majority of Redford, you know, being people of color. Yeah. You know. So certain institutions of white privilege remain in that mix. Right. And you you that was my first encounter of like institutionalized white privilege, because remember, like all of my signatures of black power were throughout the whole process. Right. You got Richard, Richard Austin. Not that I knew it, 
but at the time, Richard Austin was Secretary of State. I see all his name more than I saw Governor Blanchard, right? Yeah. Coleman A. Young, you know what I'm saying? John Conyers, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <clears throat> so many folks, like black patriarchs in politics, that's all you know. And that's, and that's, you know? uh, during that time when we were younger, Detroit had three congressional seats. That's what I'm saying. So you had you had John Conyers, mm-hmm. you had Carolyn Cheeks Kilpatrick, mm-hmm. and you had Barbara Rose Collins. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which things as as we've just looked at more redistricting, but <laughs> a lot of redistricting <laughs> took place since then. Uh-huh. But you know, it was a it was a different it was a different feel so that's yeah. why when i even ask about like refer because i can only imagine what that feel was like and then you i'm, I'm assuming kind of like the similar stories i hear to over here like where you say like okay we were like one of the first black families and then mm-hmm. we looked up two years later it was nothing but black folks. It, it's the you crew know you know what i'm saying yeah like by the time i'm about to be ready to graduate mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like you know i can go to college like yeah you know most of us black you know what I'm saying? Or at least, like, it's enough black folks around there for you to realize that you should have more power in your community than you do. Mm-hmm. And that, like, the police is real extra. Mm-hmm. And the police coming from the other side of town and you on the right side of town. And it don't make sense for you to get, for them to roll up on you like that. And you technically on the right side of town. Like, if you was in a white city, if you was in a white city and you was white, mm-hmm. you'd be on the right side of town and they wouldn't be bothering you. Yeah. So... Like, when we first moved over there, <clears throat> like, they had, we can cuss, some old bullshit, like, yeah. city assessor or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Coming by the house, and they're going to say, well, how many guns you got in the house? Mm. So my dad, you know, from the South, like, for real, like, like yeah, for real, the South, for real. they have 10, you know? But no, I mean, his attitude, he knew what it was. You know what I'm saying? I know why you even over here asking me that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This but this the new neighbor assessment, right? Yeah. Like shit, I th- I don't know. Let me go count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that's, that's the response. How long are you gonna wait? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the response. So like having a dad like that and having folks in my life like that who used to dealing with, you know, that kind of response from from a white dude on the field, because Tommy and and John was both sharecroppers. Mm. So like you know, you understand, like, half the shit that you, 90% of the shit you make, you ain't going to keep. You know what I'm saying? Like, that don't make no sense. Most people ain't used to working like that. Yeah. You know, so. That's deep. So, even when we get into that, like, you know, I, I know also football was a big part of, of mm-hmm. what you did. Why you think you took to football, um, and then that kind of goes later on, like, you being a father now, how you feel about football, you know. How, how did you take to man, football? Puberty, man. You know how that go. You, okay. You, you, you're a young man. You're trying to get the energy out. Mm-hmm. and it, it, But it made sense. I, I I realized that, you know what I'm saying, I could think it through in football. Football make you think. Mm-hmm. And you got to think quick. The the thrill of being a, a leader on the field. Yeah. I played baseball throughout my younger years. But I never had a school that actually had a football program. So I didn't. I really wasn't introduced to organized football to, to high school anyway. Yeah. So I got I got there, man. I I dove into it, bro. Like, man, like I'm five three, bro. <laughs> I was five uh-huh. three, 135 pounds. Mm. I graduated at college, man. I mean, when I got to college, I was barely six feet. I didn't hit my growth spurt until my my freshman year. Yeah. So you know. Recruits was looking at me like my junior year, like, all right, I'm doing crazy numbers. I was playing center dog 
and and weak side linebacker. I'm like five seven, dog, like wow. 155, smacking them. But the thing is, like, we play our crossover game, and guys that was playing the same position as me had 30 pounds. Mm. Easy. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to compete in that space. And then so, like, but going into camps, all that kind of stuff, like, my parents didn't know nothing about all that. You know what I'm saying? because, I mean, you got old school – Old school parents. It was, you yeah. just got to be a dog out there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's what, that was my dad attitude. You just got to be a dog out there. So I was a dog in practice. You can ask my coaches. I was a, I was a leader in the field when we had tape. I knew what I had to do on the tape. And I just soaked it all up like a sponge. And, yeah, man, I mean, that's that's football. What I learned from football and playing team sports governs a lot of my life right now. That's deep. That's facts. And, and that's why I asked that question because I do think that some of that collaboration – and understanding and even knowing the scheme. Like you say, if somebody's bigger, that doesn't mean quit. That just means you have to determine low, other angles of right. how to make sure that it becomes your your weakness becomes your advantage. Exactly. So college, Eastern Michigan, I know that, but I'm, I'm revealing that. Well, but that's where all the fun was. Yeah, I mean, but Eastern – like I tell a lot of people, and it's so unique because with the work that I'm doing now and connect with a lot of people, um, I've done some good work with Grand Valley and, you know, I've connected with U of M and State mm. and a lot of them. And then mm. they'll always say, like, you know, how do we get more black students here? How do we get more black students? Wayne State's even asking, how do we get more black students here? And I'm like, I don't know what Eastern's doing per se, <laughs> but Eastern Michigan, at one point in time, it was like a place where black students just slowly was like, I'm going to I'm going to Eastern. Yeah, like and, and especially like I think that you weren't you were probably like in the middle class. Like it'd be certain times on Eastern's campus. I say probably from like what 2000 to 2010, uh, where you you early would 90s, think the late 90s to about yeah like late about 90s. Yeah, yeah it yeah. like you would think like it was almost like man, am I gonna see some white people? You know what I'm saying? Like. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, Eastern was so so. Eastern benefited a lot from a couple of things, right? Okay. One being like trio programs, right? State funding the Rosa Parks, Chavez, and King programs that provide like the the money for people to do outreach to, you know, what I'm saying the, the top tier schools in urban cities. Hmm. So like, yeah, it would man. So many of my homies from Cass was like, well, I'm going to Eastern. I'm going to Eastern. I'm going to Eastern because like Eastern was there. And, like, so when you got folks that – and, you know, I haven't not – I did transfer to Eastern for one. Mm-hmm. Like, they wasn't on my map. Like, I, I went to, to the workout with them. I went to workouts at Wayne State, Michigan State. I didn't even apply to U of M because I figured it was too white for me. Mm-hmm. And then I – but this is what I ended up doing. So I, I go to Bishop Borges High School, and, you know, I'm in the, the waiver and all that other stuff with the NCAA, like Clearinghouse and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I got a whole bunch of D, Division three letters because, like, once again, like, I'm not height The yet. size. <clears throat> I didn't get height until my freshman year. So my freshman year, the, the transfer – it would now be the transfer portal. But the transfer space was like, what's up? So I'm at Defiance College in Ohio my freshman year. I'm the – Back up strong safety. I started the last game, ready to. If I stay there, I'm 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 on track. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like my mom, when I started school, my mom had her first run of breast cancer. So I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I need to get back home. And I'm on this campus with like 1,500 people. I didn't want to go to college and have the same experience I had in in high school. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A whole bunch of white people, ain't but 30 of us black. You know whatever. So transfer to Eastern. And, like, I had the time to think about it myself. I started my own internship at Abercon Associates in my, in my 
major, which is management information system. So like when you in division three school, like you gonna go to class. So, but you get all the benefits if you D one. So I had to take business statistics, but I had a tutor, so it was nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like I'm learning computers and plus business. And I got a minor in labor economics. So I'm like, all right, well, let me go ahead and just see what I'm going to do at Eastern. So anyway, kicking it through, I got an internship. And I'm like, do I really need to be getting up at 4.30 in the morning? Because I don't have housing. So I got to drive up to Eastern, go work out, maybe walk on. I'm smooth. I'm going to go ahead and just enroll. I'll see you all in August. If it's looking like something, I can. I got a year red shirt anyway. Mm-hmm. I can figure it out. <clears throat> Man, <laughs> I got other things. Okay. So this was like, whatever, we're just going to do the school thing. I'm making money. And then 9-11 happened. So then, like, that, the next day is my birthday. 9-12 is my birthday. So the NAACP have a meeting on campus talking about what's going on. I'm in there spouting all the stuff I done read, like all the stuff that my parents been, been piped into me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and they look here like, man, who is he, man? All right. And you know how like when you come in there with the challenge, mm-hmm. most folks not going to tell you to sit down. They're going to try to get you a space to funnel that energy into. Yeah. And they gave me one. It was like, you need to come and get involved. And I'm paying my membership. Not for that. Here we go. And, and and when you speak of that, like your story, and, and this is where I kind of pick up knowing more of your story. Like this is from, you know, people always say that you, you must be prepared for opportunity and you don't know when it's going to come. Mm-hmm. Like it took years for you to have that understanding and that real life practical understanding, even from a young age to to respond to things more than you would expect the average college student, especially, you know, like sophomore in college to just be able to be like all right bam 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 nah that don't make no sense because this is what we want you know just raw energy and and charisma but packaging it where people understand but you're giving them more and you 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 captured that and that connected you to the NAACP and or as we'll say the org org, and that became an opportunity and i already know a lot of my detroit is different watches are like i hate the naacp Look, <laughs> i know right they're gonna be like, I, man, I already know that now <laughs> well you know what so let me let, and, me, and we let can, me be fair okay let me be fair so yeah so john's talking don't get enough like honor in this conversation right now so like okay. he introduced me to like black black progressive like thought by introducing me to Hartford memorial baptist church right mm. And put me in that space of seeing Dr. Adams, you know what I'm saying? His his thank you, appreciate it, guys, like 10 million hits, man. I've seen yeah. that live so many times. like, And, it, and it's, it gives you chills when it's live, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's the person I'm hearing, like, Sunday in, Sunday out mm-hmm. from, like, 11 till I'm 16. You understand Why, what I'm why do you think they connected with Hartford, especially being from, you know, knowing those roots? You know why? Wow. Hartford Memorial Baptist Church had a program to help folks get their GED in wow. a literacy program. So my dad heard about La Hartford. He went there to Hartford to make sure he passed up on his reading. They helped him fin- get get his literacy exam done so he can go back to Chrysler. So now he got his second job back at Chrysler. He had to go back and reapply. Okay, and then they helped him get his mechanics license. Mm. So, right. then, so now he a tow truck driver mm. with a certification doing brakes. Now, now I, I want y'all. He just dropped some game. 
if the people aren't watching, because I know a lot of people watch now that sometimes are connected to programs and stuff. I'm going to be calling a couple of y'all soon. But mm -hmm. he just said, first off, if you want to reach out to kids, you have to get in the schools. Mm -hmm. That that was one gem he said about Eastern. The difference between a lot of the other schools, they're not actually immersed in the schools. Mm -hmm. And he also just gave a gem for the churches, too. The church offer, which this is always a, a deeper discussion with all the pastors. I know they always say, like, you know, do we help the flock? Meaning, do we have programs for people inside the church mm -hmm. or do we have programs for people outside the church? If you're progressively thinking the outside the church person is going to become the inside the church person as you have something tangible that connects to the people. So check this out. So third Sunday, my dad driving a church bus because now he's on a deacon board. Wow. So who on the church bus with him on Sunday morning? Me. Mm. Who hopping in out the church, out, out, the, out the church van with the crate, helping ladies get out, out the van over there, over at the um, Senior Tires, over there on Seven Mile in Evergreen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't even understand, like, where I really am. Uh -huh. But I just, I understand this, this service is what you're supposed to do. I was an altar boy over there at Hartford. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, so, and then they had, when they started the, um, the African Center programs, like, I remember when they started them joints. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and my dad applied. So, like, we had to do this whole, like, little joint or whatever. I didn't make that one, but I was in one of the Black History Month programs. So, my dad was like, he, he tells me about this a lot now. And I don't really remember it when it happened. I just know I had to do a speech. And it was about, like, what you want to be. He was like, no, then you said you want to be a senator. Wow. Da -da 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 -da. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah. like, And I was like, yep. And everybody there was like, no, nah, like. It can happen. Yeah, it can happen. So, I was uh -huh. like, all right. So then, like, that's that's where all of that, that like, no, nah, what, what black consciousness and thought is. Mm -hmm. Then at Bishop Borges, like, our my our religion teacher was one of the few black priests in the, in the city, Father Father Lennon. Mm -hmm. So, like, James Lennon, I think his first name. Anyway, so, like, he telling us about consciousness, and he challenged, He used to point at the back wall and say, like, you see that whole wall? That's the Bible. And it was literally every book of the Bible, like, mm -hmm. in its actual book form, not in the condensed version that you have. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you got to understand. That's my understanding of the Bible. They gave it to you like this. Hmm. Mine is this. Yeah. So, if anything, just come on in here and try to immerse as much as this as you can. And so, like, one of the books that we was learning about was, like, the about colorism in the Bible and, like, how Shakespeare wrote King James. So then break that all, leave that alone, mm. and then start talking about, like, black presence in the Bible and, mm. like, where Africa lives in the Bible. So I'm learning that. I'm 15, 16. Wow. So, like, okay. <clears throat> so, you know, having that kind of center, not even being connected with, like, the black – the Black Pan African Church and the Black Nationalist Church in the city, mm -hmm. but it's just prevalent in the city. Trey, that's what that's what we really need to help people understand. Like that's it's just in the soil, and that's you know, and, and it's unique that that's connected. So mm -hmm. so now we're gonna we're gonna forward back to Eastern, mm -hmm. and you're in this meeting. After you give your words, what happens there? Yo, so like it, so you know, um, I understand. So at that point, like. I become the political action chair, and for the next couple of months, like I start to understand more about um, um, Wardo Connolly and his attacks on like U of M Michigan and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And then I, I was like, dang, like I was applying at the time, like not like for graduate school, but I was applying for undergrad at the time, right? And I'm like, dang, like, like just hearing some of those things helped me to understand more like folks' attitude towards me 
when I was in high school at political debates. That's why I first started doing that kind of stuff. So now I'm in this space. I'm hearing about like you know affirmative action, what it means to the city, what it means to people. I really start to see in voter registration like really what it's about, mm. right? Like going out with the forms, having a trunk of a box of them in your trunk all the time, all that kind of stuff. Learning what like what what nonviolent like proactive organizing is i'm at the trainings every other week you know every other month like regional training stuff like that and when you're young when you're a young person in that space it's easy to let that space fill your time explain that so think about it right like if you are working, you ain't working for a whole bunch of money, but you're probably working a whole bunch of hours. Mm-hmm. And if your job allows you now, see, this is different from, like, you know, back in the day when if you was working at the at the newspaper, you know what I'm saying, like, it would be fruitful for you being in the movement because you maybe you could slide a couple rings of paper back. No, now I'm working at IT, dog. So, like, if it's something that needs to be done as far as, like, getting information digitally, I know how to do it. I'm in a whole different space now. So, like, when it talks about um, how many voters in the city, what the census say, we ain't got to wait until the white man come in and do the whole presentation and give you the paper and print off 100,000 reams and you go sit down and study it. I'm about to go put up on the spreadsheet and, and analyze it then. This is the early 2000s. So... You don't have a lot of people of color in that space, period. Mm-hmm. Plus, the movement ain't thinking like that. Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of challenges. <clears throat> but at the same time, like, you got all this need. So I was the one of the few people to, to serve more than two terms in the Youth and College Division as a state leader. Mm-hmm. Normally, like, you know, you'd be, like, 20 and, you know, you cycle out. Um, I graduate with a degree in um, labor economics and computer information systems. So that's a bachelor's of business administration. And then, so like, we lose in the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court decides that affirmative action is, is should not be, well, race should not be a, a major factor in college admission decisions and, and exams and studies, mm-hmm. and also in contractual decisions, right? State contractual yeah. decisions. So now, like, you're in this space where you watching something. So Operation Breadbasket, a lot of people talk about Martin Luther King, but they don't talk about Operation Breadbasket. So Operation Breadbasket was the beginning of affirmative action, right? It was hmm. founded and in, in birthed in Chicago, I believe, with, uh, with uh, uh, um, um, Mr. Jackson, mm-hmm. right? Jesse Jackson. And Nixon was like, yeah, this should make sense, right? If you, if you openly, like, make an effort just to reach out to black folks and brown folks and people of color, like, you're going to get a wider pool of applicants. You might get a better return on your money. Mm-hmm. So Nixon makes it a federal initiative, affirmative action. We're going to affirm our action, okay? That's a legal term, meaning that you're not just going to say you're going to do something or do it half-heartedly. You're going to take steps to make sure that your intentions follow your action. Mm-hmm. So it's affirmative. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. So now people can make half-hearted attempts and do things for you contractually, like community block grants from banks, mm. right? And they say, well, there's no need to follow up and follow through. You don't need to count the r- how many people of color, you know, got these grants because I don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. You understand? So, <clears throat> so, so that's the space I'm in, right? Mm-hmm. I can get more information, and I'm, and I'm in a space with matriarchs and patriarchs who've been doing this for 20, 30 years. Mm. So you're learning a lot. 
they got to learn a lot. The industry's growing a lot. And it's a rare space because, like, at the same time, <clears throat> like, InfoWars and Alex Jones, like, I'm up at Eastern Michigan, so I, I don't, I'm don't not hearing a Detroit organizing politics. I'm at, I'm out here in Michigan. Yeah. And so we would see InfoWars stickers all over the place around campus. Mm. Alex Jones made $100 million in politics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's real. I mean, so, some of, some of, and, and you know, and, and, and this is, the, you guys are about to get a classic, me and Jessa, back and forth, um, or BJ as, I, as yeah, we yeah, always yeah. say, Way and BJ. So it's like, <clears throat> my perspective is always the content perspective. Yeah. Like, some of the packaging and content, InfoWars, and what he's done with how he built his propaganda, like, Lord knows, the propensity of a lot of what we consider reality yeah. <laughs> stretches, but also it's been, it, it's like a lot of other things, like a lot of tricks. Like, mm-hmm. some of it's like, yo, I mean, I think, I, I definitely know I attribute the, 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 the Jeffrey Epstein scandal I attribute a lot of him enlightening me and a lot of other people to like who the hell Jeffrey Epstein was. And yeah, I couldn't, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. shocked. I was like, who now is this with dude? It, yeah, yeah. Now with it also comes another one of those things in deceit, deceiving, because at one at that point in time, it, he was one of the most, as he would always say, and even these talking points, what a neocon is, um, the the globalist, um, uh, what, what's neoliberal. Else? Neoliberals. <laughs> yeah. He would speak to definitely. He was one of the biggest anti-Bush, W. Bush, people there were. Yeah. So it galvanizes. You know, being black, it was like, yeah, I'm anti-W. That's you know right. What I'm saying that's right. It galvanized a lot of attention to follow what was happening with Alex Jones. But continue. That's all. But no, but and that was one of the few sources where you could get. A non-mainstream point of view about the Middle East. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, and not and not saying like like that was a source of of good information for me. Most of it, I felt the radicalization of it, but you still realize that this nowhere near from what you're seeing from other folks. Remember, there's no MSNBC at this time, right? No, there's really no Fox. Well, Fox News is banging, they but were they starting yeah. with Bill O'Reilly. It was more like. And then also it was, you know, like I, I I was talking about this earlier in the interview, like critical thinking skills. Like you have to be able to decipher a lot of, a lot inf- of different types of information from different angles, even misinformation to have an understanding of how and why. So like, mm-hmm. yes, Kari Frazier, I've sat and watched more QAnon than most of <laughs> you all would probably <laughs> give a damn to ever care about because I I, I want to know the programming what's going on. of how these, this messaging is being sent to mm. the people that are following this. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if I just sit in a silo and say like, hey man, that man, that kid just shot some people on live TV so he deserves to go to jail. I need to understand who is the group of people that are, are taking all their life savings and giving this money to this crazy ass kid, <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse? You know what I'm saying? I need to understand that. <laughs> you know, that, that's 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 me knowing media. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and and then and then 
you know, you got a certain level of black consciousness where you can understand the vigilanteism that all of that represented, right? That too. Like, yeah. there's no way I can cross state lines and take that type of action and not feel like I'm a vigilante. Yeah. Right. So, 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 where, where, where have you heard of a person or a man of color? Moving and just going down to Kentucky, being able to take that action in, on behalf of Breonna Taylor, couldn't think of it. Oh shit! Right? Yeah. Um. So, but anyway. So yeah, man. So like the space, you know, opens up, bro. You know what I'm saying? In, in a whole, mm-hmm. in a whole lot of different spaces. So like now, you know, going on, and we in this talking about you graduating, and like Kwame came up to Eastern talking about like Eastern's influence. Is, got is, this, of, is this before he was uh This there? is 03. This is like when oh, he so, was running, when he was running so for the first time. this is when he was running? Yeah. Okay. Like, so when he was talking about he was everywhere? Yeah, like we he heard about Kwame. Yeah, he was up there. Mm-hmm. He started having a whole bunch of candidates trying to do it the next, like, 10 years. Like, I remember folks talking about, like, um, other candidates from here in the, in the latter years, like, trying to do it, but they had no energy. You know, they didn't have Kwame's energy. Like, Kwame had that energy. And so you seeing that coming up there and like, yeah, for young black men in politics, like, yes, like that's inspiring. It's inspiring mm-hmm. to say you from Detroit at that time. Right. It's inspiring to be a young Democrat coming out of Michigan at that time. You got Karen Lee, she's Kirkpatrick. She gave me my first pair of house cuff links. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like just just cool people. And so like and not having to be. So a lot of people think like you got to be part of some circle. Ain't nobody know my family like that. You know what I'm saying? I was just in the right spaces to learn things. And so, like, and once again, like, my parents are sharecroppers, okay? So, like, all that, you know, being, knowing the right people know is, you know, it's just God's blessing. Mm-hmm. So, like, so now, you know, come to Detroit. I'm trying to find a job. Yeah. Um, um, my internship, they hired me full-time, but then they laid me off. The housing market bubble is bursting, but we don't realize, we don't understand it. It's just a whole bunch of orange tags on people's doors. Mm-hmm. All right. And I get a call from um, one of my one of my mentors. He's like, "Hey, what you doing?" And I ain't understand like when the old OG call you and say, "Hey, what you doing?" I mean, you need to be figuring out like you need to come get some clothes on and come get this money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like I need you to go talk to this person about this job. And I end up on my first campaign job with Wayne United Michigan to defend against like Court Ward O'Connolly and his ballot initiative called the Michigan Civil Rights Initiative. Hmm. You know, falsely branded, saying, and you talk about agents acting against you, like in broad daylight. You know, so this is one of those actions. And now with the internet, you know, being 15 years later, 15 years older, so this is like right at the beginning of Twitter, right? You know, all that kind of stuff. So when people are getting their news, they're going to get it from like really funky websites. Now, now I, I want yeah. you to also open up and share about this too. Because, yeah. you know, me through truck driving, I've traveled most of the state. Mm-hmm. But it's still different because I'm going in a store, you know, and out of store. You've actually engaged throughout the whole state of Michigan. Explain a little bit of some of the differences in, let's not even mm-hmm. talk white folk. Yeah. Explain some of the differences in the black folk throughout the difference throughout the state because mm. Detroit black, and I'm not, hey, I love all y'all. I'm talking about K-Zoo, Grand Rapids, yeah. Flint for show. Even the people up in, what it's, it's funny because like Flint people look at the way Detroiters sometimes look at Flint. Flint look at Saginaw, but even Sag Nasty, <laughs> all of it. I love all of y'all. But it's it's just like a different rhythm, it seems like. Can you yeah. explain some of that and, and how you, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. because mobilizing and organizing in some of those spaces, and, and for good reason, for safety reasons, mm. it's different. 
Um, I think so. I always been a fan of understanding what checking in really mean. Mm, right good. you know what i'm saying like what what it really mean like like so my dad you know we would drive down to tennessee for like their homecoming yeah. and like before you get there you make a phone call make sure where you headed to everybody you know know you know you headed down there they know you're going to be coming to receive you and one of the first things i learned to organize was that like hey if you're going to be going up somewhere like make sure the people that you that you expecting to see know you coming and if they can't make it whatever like politically it's norm it's good good culture Right to have someone receive somebody if they come out of town, especially black people. Okay, so this that's the point. Like, cause you couldn't travel freely. Okay, so people had to be expecting you. That's the that's the look. The NAACP's kind of like back channel knowledge. Mm-hmm. You don't just show up somewhere because if you really doing this work, people are gonna be trying to kill you when they see you. So you need to be doing this. You know, working in security. So like, yeah, like if you thinking about Mega Evers, and if you really about about it about it like that. Yep. When you show up to Howell, Michigan, you know what I'm saying, and you making a stop and you're on your way to Lance and the Lance and NAACP need to know that they need to be expecting you in an hour. And if they don't see you in an hour, they need to be calling somebody. Mm-hmm. So you need to operate like that. So checking in is in that space. When I'm going to Flint, like, or, you know, to some black communities, man, like, you know what? Like, if you live out west, you, the the blends of class are more gray. The lines of class are more gray. You know what I'm saying? The more le- west you go. The western side of the state. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can <clears throat> you can be making 40 grand and be fine. Mm-hmm. You, you can really live, you know, I mean, then, and, you know, or you can make the state average, which is like 50, yeah. 55 grand. It'd be kind of cool. It's just, you know, like, when you on the east, like, yeah, like, it's just getting around and bumping around and doing things in the cities like Flint. It's just cost more. Um, mm-hmm. The corridor is 94, 75, and 96. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's your industrial corridors, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the way that I think about it is that when I'm on 96, I'm understanding that, like, I'm going out west. My point, my end point is Grand Rapids. Who are there in Grand Rapids? It's way more, like, brown in Grand Rapids than anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That that feel like down river half the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like... <clears throat> but so that's it. I think it's it's more about like you know, just the class is more defined in some space. It's like a Lansing is very well defined. The very much so. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So. Very much so. Like the the first thing I remember going to Lansing, I was like, damn, Malcolm X was here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's where it's like. But 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 see, so but you got to think. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. 1912. Yeah. Like what kind of po- like the mm-hmm. politics was real local then? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it's not it's not it's not that now. Like lobbyists aren't acting the way they were then, and like black folks don't have access to the mm-hmm. political space like that then. So it's not it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, because I've even, like, I've gone on trips with you to different places, and you've even said, like, look, it's just different here. <laughs> you know, because, like, in, in Detroit, because, you know, you come from a Detroit background, it's like, look, we can just do this, 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 like, that. Nah. And it's like, nah, they gonna, you got to really permit. You got to really, like, these share, these good old boys are looking to shut down everything. Well, and, like, and, and you not, this ain't your house. You know what I'm saying? So you got to you you going to leave tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen tomorrow night? Yeah. They're going to be looking for the folks who let you get the access to do X. So like if you know that's the reality in some spaces or and and really like you start to realize too like how many like 
the the influence of the nonprofit industrial complex in certain spaces as to why certain communities can't get action. Okay, yeah. and 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 in smaller cities, it's way more prevalent. Okay, mm. you know what I'm saying like because you don't have a lot of commercial investment in some cases. So you know things that come, it's, it it moves quick and it's right there in your face. So you you are you do have to act in respect to people's livelihood and their sustainability if you ain't willing to replace it. Yeah, and then even like those cities like uh, Muskegon or uh, uh, Benton Harbor where like one industry, like one business you know basically saying? will... It, you know, right, right. That, that's Everything. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and it's, you know, by whatever happened, right? Mm-hmm. So then then you go into those real constructs of like, all right, well, how do we build better, better, like, centers of commerce? Like the stuff that we talked about long time. We always talk about, like, how you, like, the model of the studio. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, so then when you can have that freedom. So I've never had as much freedom in my life until now as an organizer, right? Mm-hmm. Because... I'm in a space I wake a way good wage, but then also on top of that, I'm in a community where like I can access the levels of political power, mm-hmm. and the people around me can access it in the same way. Mm-hmm. So, so, so from there, in working in this space, you know, and 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 so much is definitely transition where where it's added what do you what do you when you, when you take a snapshot of things politically because even mm. detroit detroit is different detroit has changed so detroit much detroit is different isn't it? you know um <laughs> i remember myself like just so that you all kind of get a bigger picture of kind of like our crew of like what i would say like young black male leaders like 2000 mm. like let's say 8 9 10 11 12 so it'd be like mm. me you uh Reverend Bullock David mm. Alexander Bullock Reverend Charles we Williams gotta, we got to pull that flower up um Donnell White mm-hmm. uh Ajene Cheeks mm-hmm. like it it would be some of us Kamal um Yusef. you know I, yeah Yusef mm-hmm. I, I know I'm forgetting some other people but like one of the things we would often talk about, and right now I feel like that shadow's kind of not as cast, but with the with what happened to Mayor Kilpatrick, it seemed to be like a large shadow that just loomed on mm. a lot of Detroit, A, B, a lot of what black political power was, but C, and this was something that we all spoke about, bl- young black male leadership being looked at like, what's going on because mm-hmm. even like oh i forgot cartwright at the woodward at the time like yeah, we would yeah. we were like bumping into each other like yo because people were looking at us as if you know what i'm saying like you know everything was going was you know the sky was falling and we all were like guilty by association for something that i personally really think was yeah yeah not what but here nor there but yeah, yeah, yeah. we ain't gotta go there you know yeah. but things have changed but mm-hmm. at that time to now what do you think has changed and, and, and were we tripping to think that that did exist was that like our own bias you know what give me some feedback on that i mean yeah i mean it's mad bias super biased but it also exposed something that we didn't have in our political communities which was like systems that would allow us to to support ourselves politically right like you got to have donor bases that's not just based off of what 
white corporate people will give you. Hmm. And so, like, when people will see, like, well, Penske and them going to take such such out. Why are you waiting until that happen? Mm-hmm. And it's not about setting up the fund to get them out of jail. Mm-hmm. Right? So, remember, so this is 2008, 2009, 2009, 2010. Yeah. Citizens United passed when? I don't even know. So Citizens United comes out, right? And it changes the way that that you do political funding, right? Mm. Like federal levels. Yeah. Okay. But it allows corporations to develop to develop PACs, right? To mm. pretty much just blindly just, you know, put a whole bunch of money into the political system, right? Mm. So folks and we all say, Well, look at all these people who's done far worse now, like George, um, whatever, the guy Oh, uh, the guy right now, Santos. Santos. Um yeah. Um, that was my street name back in the day in Defiance. Anyway, so um, guys like him can do can totally mislead an entire community, right? Many and he, a party. He's misled many communities. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, but yeah. but it, let's just look at the seven hundred forty nine thousand yeah. people that will represent that that, that, that live in that district. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so and so, people can go forth and do that. Okay. And it's a challenge to the morality because New York doesn't have a recall policy. Like, you can't just start a petition to recall somebody in New York. It's got to be the governor has to, like, literally write a decree and recall that person, okay? Mm -hmm. So you see someone who's literally manipulating the system, all right? They know this, all right? They run a Ponzi scheme in the financial center of the United States, the financial center of the world, New York. They run a Ponzi scheme. And then they show $700,000 on the receipt, and then they automatically start running the campaign, okay? So so, 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 all of this in so many ways is okay because you ran federally, okay? You can start to watch things in a whole different kind of way. And like, hey, who's watching? He's white, right? And so, like, the same thing, like, so all of these levers and opportunities have been opened up for white politicians to 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 maneuver democracy in many ways, to become president, mm-hmm. to get to Congress, to, you know, be be sitting on the Supreme Court and even let white women do it the same way. When you think about um, the the last woman that Trump um, appointed that we yeah, do no. nothing about. Yeah, I forget uh, that lady's name. And she took it like. She took that position, like I swear, like at the height of COVID. I want to say he. Uh, oh, they they slid her President right Trump um, contracted COVID, like at her um, at her little bar, yeah, her little thing, her, like her kicking session. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, we just the, gonna call the it a kicking session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they everybody shaking hands. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whatever. Yeah. So so you see you see like how like once again this comes this is that was the height of racism like at the end of the day like yeah all of that was a, an example of white privilege and white power mm-hmm. political power right yeah. that's that's what all of that was and so what do you fight that with most community members decry mm-hmm. the effort and they decry the agents in that effort because it's a shame that there was nothing to rebut it. Why are you going to leave his mama by himself to fight all of that politically? Shame on y'all, Black Detroit. You know what I'm saying? So many different ways. It is not about, like, the protests and things like that. He's fighting in court. So all this is about money. Mm-hmm. So you do it in a city that's financially strapped, going through bankruptcy right now. Which I still question. You understand Continue. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, like, so, so... We all felt that political attack. We were all under attack for like six, seven years, right? And so, you know, and even now, like, we still under political attack when you think about black male political agency 
you know what I'm saying, this space. Now with redistricting, like, yeah, you represent, like my buddy, um, my homie, man, he represents me now in the state house. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. And one of the things that we would say in reflection would be like, dang, we wish it could just be all Detroit. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I know, like, um, it, like, so even when I see, you know, and God knows, I mean, hopefully, you know, everything, people make mistakes, but even like the store, Jewel Jones, like mm-hmm. all, all, all summer. And I'm thinking to myself, like, boy, this is like that infamy stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I had a, um, a post where they were showing J. Rue Campbell, um, mm-hmm. where I'm like, this is just to me, like, you know, if we can only live in infamy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, even though I'm laughing at it, like right now, the rapper Keith Murray and stuff. So <laughs> it's crazy interviews, but Man, it's almost Keith like, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's almost like, like it, it, it's not a premise in a reality where mm. I see, you know, like all of the things. And I, you know, I know people that run with Jewel and a lot of the stuff he's doing in Inkster and stuff. Mm. None of the, none of the programming that he has will get him on Fox two. You understand what I'm saying? For something that is, productive empowering of the people and engaging you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um bad stint back and forth you know drinking and and, and and drinking is a part of american culture as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. um it exists and that that gets him more exposure and his name and 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 i'm gonna use the three name image and likeness mm-hmm. in the mix of the message that's being presented yeah yeah well i mean So I think it stings more when it's some of your homies, you know what I'm saying, folks that you see out and about. You know, it becomes a bit more personal. You can feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of a lot of things that we just know, like white folks don't have to pay the same price. Like Dana White with his wife. Oh man, right. talk about it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. like so it's it's stuff like that that we just know, understand, and it hurts when we slip we had a moments when we slip up and we get caught and then socially and politically and community based we gotta pay the price for it. You understand? And, and it's ripples in, in dominoes is yeah. when we think about um what that Kilpatrick administration did. Because it's going to impact more than just that one figure. It's gonna impact so many other things and, well, and well, initiatives so like, so that are how, gonna how did, be connected. How did it really impact us, right? How did it really impact us? Like, do, do you really think? Do you really think, dog? Like, so let's say Mr. Kilpatrick just doesn't leave the mayor's office. Yeah, and because I really do think he would have been. I don't see a, a candidate, especially knowing his skills true, 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 for true, speaking. True. And but but we, we also assume that everybody want to sit here for 20 years and do the same thing yeah. like that ain't that ain't no, reality yeah and like you're talking about somebody who is not like a forerunner in political space he's the heir of political space so he easily could have been like running for senate yes. and could be the the senior senate so think about this okay the current chair of the democratic senate campaign is gary peters from michigan okay he just held it all down last year and he's gonna be ready to keep moving next year you know in 2024 so but so think about it think about it right he would have but Tommy's in prison 
So he can't run for U.S. Senate in the, in the early 2010s. Yeah. Okay? So why would the mayor of the city of Detroit, who was – so let's think. Like, he doesn't go to jail, banging, he ushering us, fighting us through, pushing us through this whole thing about bankruptcy, helping us guide us through this whole thing. You mean to tell me that he doesn't win, okay, for the city for, – for, for the U.S. Senate and becomes a junior senator? Okay, so then now when Debbie Stabenow decides that she's about to finally retire 10 years later – he naturally would be the senior and he'd be in his 50s. And so you talk about someone having a career length of, you know, a, a James Clyburn. Uh, uh, 30, 25. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. no. We're talking about in your 50s going to the Senate. Yeah. Man, look, it's senators ninety years old almost. Yeah, bro. I was gonna say. Right, like, say, right, right, yeah. right. So, so, so these guys get old. So you talking about another maybe another thirty years? Yeah, governing. So, so, and so, especially knowing the way that, and, and I still feel like I mean, I was in Conyers District most of my life, but I look at the way that Carolyn Cheeks killed Patrick's me, district. That's not something to get resources. excited about politically. Oh, you know what I'm saying? That's not yeah. something to get excited about. I'm getting excited about it. Just yeah. thinking about that forecast and thinking about yeah. Yes, like what can be what's what 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 can be plowed behind all of that going? Yeah, right. So now you're talking about potentially. So the person that's now okay, the chair of the, the Democratic Senate Committee comes from Michigan, sits in the, and not in the seat as if it would have automatically happened and Kwame would be yeah. there, but politically, nationally, Michigan holds a lot of space. Michigan has a lot of senior, seniority, okay, in the Senate, and because for one, we're the only border crossing in the continent. Okay, that's majority by land. Okay, that's one of the top five crossings in the world. Yeah, it's all the right? busiest port. Yeah, all right. So we only do it on two lanes. We mm -hmm. jamming all the time. Yeah, all right. So, so these are the things we talk about, like you know, economically, like how we work and like some of the things that we don't do because like our community is is in a space where we aren't demanding and really controlling the capital that we have economically and in our skill sets as a, as a labor force in the United States. That's deep. So, you know. That's deep, man. You 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 just took us there. You just took us there. Man, cuz yeah, I I I often yes, yeah, so many things I think shake out differently. And 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 when we think of now hitting that corner and like you're right because right now when I think of um really just black political leadership but then when especially when you think of young black male political leadership that's like damn near non exist so, almost damn near non-existent so now from a place that in so my now, mind was like a a, a a breeding ground so now so guess what who's the top candidate black candidate to possibly you know challenge for debbie stasman i seat john james republican mm -hmm. Mm. So how that how 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 all the traditional black power that comes from John Conyers is gonna even try to absorb that conversation? They not. Mm. So now, do we continue to do what we've been doing for the last two um, censuses? We flood a district with twenty candidates. Yeah, I call it hubris. And so, but and I say this because if your community can't support the fielding of that many candidates running successful campaigns, meaning that they turn out a real portion of the vote, they actually try to do such. They, they put organizers on the ground, they putting stuff in the mail. They ain't just sitting there holding up space on the ballot. Okay. 
then you get turnout in, in primaries of 30, 40, 50, 60 percent because all of those parties are pushing and bringing people out. They bringing the awareness up. You can't have primaries with 15, 60 people, 16 people in them. And they only talk about their candidacy when someone asked them to. Mm. Y'all just a bunch of real estate agents. Real talk. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so, we, we had a... Um and, and, and one of us says when we think young black male, I, and you were right because I was like, yeah, man, I think Adam's probably more than likely gonna be a shoe in. He has uh, some business support. I've seen it impound the pavement. And you were like, nah, I don't think I don't see it. And I was like, eh. I mean, he pounding the pavement, man. Like, and, and he, you know, you were like, nah, I don't see it. It ain't there. You it know? ain't there. And like, so like, yeah, and it, so like. So, you know, being an organizer, right, and, like, so in that, that, that basement, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. over at the church, yeah, we talking about, you know, repealing Mich- Michigan's emergency manager law. That's yeah. from coming out of Kwame because it ain't no, all the political power, ain't no, it's a vacuum. So everything that we doing is doing it on the ground, like literally counting it up, you know what I'm saying, getting it out. You know, you can say it's out the mud, but it ain't. You know, it's political. Yeah. But we, we, we generating the buzz about this being some BS. So same thing with campaigns. Like you can't run for a federal seat the year of the seat. People have to know you. You have to really. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been saying that if you want to be in office, you need to start the day after the person that you, the spot you want, gets elected. You must because it takes a lot of buy-in. First, you got to get your family and your friends to buy in because, and, and I mean, you've run like mm-hmm. running is. Running is taxing on a collective. It's way more than just you. And if mm. you don't really have that right buy-in, I mean, it's been, it's been divorces. Men, men have lost wives and women. Women have lost husbands. You know what I'm saying? Children. Martin have, Taylor Green going through a divorce right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man. So it can get real. So mm-hmm. you need that first your your core support. Then outside of your core support, you need to. You need to have some lieutenants that already know where you're coming from. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Straight up. Next go, it's like you need people that you can call like, hey, I need a... And it's like... People, right. Because you're running a business. Yeah. And so... the So now, right, like... like, And you see it like the things that I've learned in my just career is like the things that get people to turn out is like do they recognize what you're trying to do okay. and do they respect your brand you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying so like yeah. that's just that so like yeah you can you can be already in office yeah and they be like okay cool i like you for that job i don't like you for this one you know and then like, furthermore your brand now i'm getting in my media world mm-hmm. your brand has to match who you are you know what i'm saying so meaning like uh 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 and the and the better it fits, the more it's just impactful. As as I definitely see the Democratic Party's putting a lot of juice behind behind Hakeem Jeffries right now. Um I, I've I'm I'm still getting my understanding of, of what that is. Mm. I mean, I saw him do the rhyme thing, but I'm yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. I need I'm gonna need like I'm sure he's going to wait for a moment where it's like, okay, now I can, you know, step into whatever that representation I, I, is. Well, is, is he gotta be speaker of the house to do that. Uh, maybe. You see what I'm saying? So like that's that's two years in the waiting. Yeah. So so now, okay, it comes to like, are you gonna introduce 
student loan forgiveness, and in light of all these Supreme Court challenges that they, that these that all the challenges that these Republicans putting up, talking about fairness, talking about people who who you know make it two hundred and fifty k, you know should be included the exemptions, right? Like it's all these types of things. It's about okay, Hakeem, like you're doing great, right? You out of New York, okay? The Black Farmers of America, right, got five billion dollars in relief that's been on waiting since two thousand and twenty. Okay, this is COVID relief that's been tied up in the courts. Okay, about white farmers. We're talking about yeah. some of the folks that you go when you go to the store, they the only thing on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Okay? They trying to keep us, our cousins, and things like that from eating from even putting more of the fruit that they can in from them. See, they don't even want you to be the source. All right. And so they so this five billion dollars. Just to plant seeds. Now, how many groceries do that make in these cities? Okay, yeah. you talk about pipelines and, and making sure you got stores and stuff like that. That's the seed for it. But guess what? I can't find a Democrat that's going to raise that to the national level. Yeah. Black farmers can't find Democrats to raise it to the national level. So how do they help us? It Guess what? It go up the I-75 corridor. Them truckers, you got black truckers right now who up here, they watching their hours being cut and they rates by the, by the hour being cut because inflation going down. Okay? So all, all this COVID retraction is happening. Mm-hmm. Okay? So now if them lows get low... Then they ain't got to make as many trips. Then they got to get a business. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay, fine. If you're going to lower the cost per mile, fine. I still need to be rolling. Yeah. So, so, so you, got, you got the bottleneck squeezing us. Still. Mm. Still. So, like, yeah, yeah, COVID's done. And the majority of the activity going on right now in this city is based off of judicial activity. People going to jail for guns. People getting locked up for financial crimes. Mm. That's deep. You got to fix that. That's deep. That's deep. And, and we definitely going uh, on that. that, that <laughs> we we going to bring you back, man. I'm a, I'm a, now, nah, I may need you back at least like twice a year. And we, and we just chop it up. We, yeah, we bring that Urban Economic Forum back. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, we going we gonna to definitely have we, some more stuff. Yeah, yeah. As uh, Detroit is different, have some more forums, and it's definitely going to include uh, – Include Mr. Jessup, yeah. as you all see, like how we bounce back and forth, and y'all see some of the people that I run with. So, classic Detroit is different questions at the end. What up? What up? Very first car, year making model, year you got it. Oh man. Uh, okay, okay, okay. To tell the truth, my very first car, very first car, ninety Dodge Dynasty. I got ah. it. I got it. Um, ninety eight. Yeah, I got it. Ninety eight. Okay, yeah. first place you went when you got it. Oh shit, to school. Okay, hey, that's the best place to go. <laughs> to go to that's school. the best place to go. Yeah, because like, so um, they need a suspension in the back. So first of all, I was kind of <laughs> salty about it. I was like, dog, man, how you gonna hit me with the bull hoopty? And my dad was like, you gotta fix it. I was like, man, you gotta get a job fixed. I'm working at, at McDonald's, right? Like, man, I ain't. <laughs> and then like it was the summer, so like you know football coming, so like I ain't going back to work. Yeah, but so whatever, man. The dynasty got me going. Though. I was smooth. There we go. Um, DJ, end of the fireworks, you get to play one song. What song you playing? Oh, shit. At the, the fireworks downtown? Downtown, downtown Woodward and Jefferson, you were spinning. I'm going to go with a play at Icewood. I'm going to keep Detroit. I'm going to keep Detroit. Um, yeah. You know, I might bump some Cheddar Boys just because. Okay. And last question. You can rename Woodward after one Detroit or who would it be and why? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Um, hmm, a Detroiter, bona fide Detroiter. Uh, 
Um, Albert Clay Jr. Ah, I like it. I like yeah, it. I like yeah, it. That's, yeah, that's definitely awesome. real pro-black. I'm not them people like Gerald Moger. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you mean. I mean when when he founded the uh, Pan-African uh, perspective of Christianity. That's what it was, man. Shrine of Black Madonna. That's mm-hmm. real, man. Mm-hmm. Hell of a legacy, mm-hmm. brother. You the first person to actually see him. <laughs> hey, no, that's what's up. That's what's up. They put it down. They put it down. Cause like you gotta think like a lot of stuff we talked about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come from that. Oh, all you day. You know what I'm saying? So all day. You know what I'm saying? So that's 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 one hundred. Peace be. Hey, in a minute. Detroit is different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.